got a praise in the house. Come on, let's give him a big praise. Serve a big God. Doing big things. Good afternoon. Welcome to New Movement. I'm Pastor Terrence Taylor. Get the privilege pastoring this church with my family and welcome all those who are here in the building, all those who are watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast. We are grateful that you decided to come here and worship with us and be a part of the movement that God is growing, not only here in Pasco and Tri-Cities, but all across the inland Northwest. And we're just looking forward to God doing something incredible this year as we have launched our theme for the year for the one. That is the vision for our church. That is the vision for our leaders in our, our region, those who look after all the other Adventist churches in this state and parts of other parts of the state. Um, we are looking and we are desiring to do um, what Jesus did. And he came and he looked for those who were lost. And the reality is nobody's ever really lost because God knows where they are. Anybody testify to that? Like you weren't really lost. God knew where you were. But in your mind, you were lost. In your mind, you didn't have stable ground. You didn't have a place that you could call home. And so we are going after those that God has sent for us to find, to look for the one. And as, as it's been laid out uh, earlier that we have a vision uh, for exactly strategically what we're going to be doing. And I'm excited today because we get to follow up with something. We get to follow up with someone that we took a, a part of. It's something that God bless, and I'm going to introduce, and actually, I want you to welcome her even now, uh, our sister Fatima. She came a couple months ago, and uh, and we're going to have her come up in just a little bit and talk about what happened in Mali, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing that. It's going to be a part of our message today as we strategically and intentionally uh, build the kingdom for the one and what we want to do today. So I want to pray today as we go into our message time. Father, we are incredibly grateful for the opportunity to be a part of your movement. Lord, as disease and as conflict and as controversy is spreading all over the world, as stock markets crash and people's heads swell and lies are being told. And Lord, we live in a place of confusion, but we are never confused because you told us not to be afraid. And you told us when things like this come that we should not be worried about it because we know who we serve. And so today, Lord, we are glad and we are comforted that in this moment that we still have in this country peace and safety that we might be able to live the life that you're calling us to live. So we're grateful for every moment, every opportunity to be in this house, not taking it for granted that maybe one day we won't have this privilege. And so we take it for granted so to, or take it seriously. So, Lord, we ask that you would fill our hearts with your love, understanding as we hear and as we share and as we look and as we see what you have for us. We're grateful. And as we receive what you have, that we will be willing to give away and give it freely. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And everybody said amen and amen. So this morning, see like, oh, I was doing good. I'm slipping on that. I, I did good, though. I owe, see, I owe somebody money every time I say, kid, good morning. Um, this afternoon, as we talk about for the one, and we talk about what our vision is for those who uh, aren't unaware of what we're talking about, we have a vision for the year. 
And really, when we say for the one, we're thinking about that one. Everybody has a one, and everybody has been a one. I know for me personally, I have been the one that God was chasing after. I started uh, college, and I went to the great Oakwood University, some Oakwood tights in here. But there was a time period after my first year of college going into ministry that I left I wandered away from God for about five years, five years. All my friends had graduated by then, and I thought the call to ministry had gone away, that it was over. But it was during those five years that God was chasing me, and he wasn't giving up on me. And some of those moments where I was in my darkest hour, that was the moment I heard God the loudest and the most because he was pursuing me, and he was chasing after me. And I can see that in my mind, those times when God kept me from doing the things that would have been detrimental that I maybe could have not recovered from. And he held me in his hand and he sought after me and he sent people my way to give me a second chance and a third chance. And he sent people to love me. So that's what, when I think about for the one, I think about me. I think about what it felt like. And when God began to touch us on our shoulder as a church and as a leadership team to say that same thing that you experience for those who are, have, have a testimony of being far away from God, then that's the same experience I want others to have. Let me just be real clear. This isn't about growing a church. This is not about growing the church. This is about loving people back to life. This is about Giving what we have been given. And we are not a church that is trying to teach you how to be a good Christian so that you can perform Christianity. That's not the point. The point is that you can be in a relationship with God that will change you and will heal you. I am 100% sold on the church being about freedom. It makes no sense for you to be learn how to be good, and still have a chaotic life. And we're not going to reward people for how well you look when you come. That's not, that's not credits and points. In fact, there are times in our, mo- in our lives when we need God the most and we're messed up, and those are the times we need to come. Those are the times we need to say, say, here I am, Lord, use me. So we are all about this year focusing and making sure everything we do is about loving people back to life. That means we're not giving up on people. That means we don't give up on people. We don't say, hey, that's it. You're done. So we're going to give our attention to that. And so there's some commitments that we've decided to make. And we'll be talking about these for just for a couple weeks and the opportunities that we have to live this out. But we've been talking about our commitments as a church, as a team, as leaders, Our commitments are these, to pray for the one. How many of you believe prayer still works? All right, I thought I was in the right place. Prayer still works. It works. It depends on how you pray. Like, you know, I pray crazy stuff and stuff happens. I do. I pray people break up. You think I'm playing. I pray people lose their job. do i pray stuff like that because because when i pray for someone what i'm praying for is that god's will be done in their life 
So I'm praying that God would remove the God that they're serving and reintroduce themselves to the God that loves them and saves them. Because I know that's what it needed for me. All I needed was a couple good prayers, a couple car failures, right, to prevent some of those booty calls. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Y'all must be holy over here. I'll go on this side. So, so praying, not to say y'all, yeah, y'all a little bit unholy on this side. There's less light over here, the blue lights over here. Praying for people, right? Saying, I'm committed to praying for you that God's best is what you have. That's what I want for you, God's best. And sorry, honey, boyfriend ain't your best. Sorry, girlfriend is not your best. That job is not good for you. Those hours that you requested are not good for you. Overtime is not good for you. So that's what we're going to do. Commit to pray for the one. And we're going to serve for the one. There are no favorite seats in this church. There are no favorite parking spots in this church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're going to serve people. We're not going to serve each other. You might not get a call back from me. Can I say it again? You might not get a call back from me. Because I am serving the one. And just like I was in the hospital room for you, I'm in the hospital room for somebody else. So don't get too comfortable with sitting down. Because you might be asked to give up your seat. You think I'm playing. I'm 100% dead serious. You might be standing on the wall like the club. Because the one is here and we're here to throw a party for the one. Amen. So we're going to serve for the one. We're going to prepare the fatted calf. There are things that need to get done, and we need you to do them. Because the better you're at at doing them, the more, the bigger party we can throw. And so that's what we're doing. And then we're committing to give for the one. I'm excited because I'm going to talk about this today. We are committed to give for the one. And that's holistic because where your heart, the Bible says your treasure is where your heart is. And you will give from the condition of your heart, which we'll talk about today. And finally, we're going to look for the one. I say we're going to look for the one. That's their fault. Nope, that's not our language. They need to get their stuff. Nope, that's not our language. We're going to look for the one. And God will show us the one. And it may not be people that you're expecting. I don't know about you, but I got family members and friends that don't live in this city. Actually, I got family members and friends that live in this city and won't come to my church because they don't want me to be their pastor, and that's okay. But I'm praying for a church somewhere to look out for them. And it just may be that somebody's child, somebody's parent, somebody's cousin will come here. And I'm praying that we can start a movement that will help people and that will inspire them to look for the one. We've been using this quote quite a bit. It says, you may not be able to change the whole world, but you can change the world for one person. Can anybody just testify their lives have been changed? Look, I can tell you stories after stories after stories this week of how people in each other's lives, people, God has put people in place to go through tragic things that somebody's getting ready to go through. I've seen it. That what we need is in the room, and what you need is in the room, and what you can give 
is what somebody somebody else needs. And there's some father, there's some husband, there's some mother, some aunt, some child that will be the catalyst of change in their household. That when, when crackhead Willie gets it right, okay, y'all, y'all must not have crackhead Willie in your home. Right? Like when Uncle, you know, Uncle James gets it right, like something changes in the family. When Grandma forgives, right? When you forgive, Dad got real quiet there. When you forgive, the dad that walked out on you, like stuff changes in the family. Because when you get free, you can give freely. So that's what I want to talk about today. But I want to give you some updates because some practical things, as we talk about give for the one today, some practical things that we have built around our strategy this year is three, basic three projects I want to give you some updates on. I'm excited to give you some updates. So we have three projects for this year that we're focusing on. One is our mobile church which is in the form of the truck that we have outside. And with that, we are going to relaunch the Reading Corner. The Reading Corner is a program that we have that we did a couple years ago. And the goal is for every child under the age of five in our local community to have a book in their hand. That's the goal. Every child under the age of five to have a book. Because as our community uh, teaches our kids, a lot of the kids are, are bilingual. They're, they're learning. They speak Spanish or English, but they have to, especially the schools around here in our city are close to us, have to teach the kids in Spanish first because, you know, you learn to read in the language that you speak. They teach the kids Spanish first, and then eventually third and fourth, fifth grade, they're able to learn English. And so when we give books in the hands of five-year-olds, they're already exposed to books, and they can get them in English or Spanish, and the desire is that the older kids will read to the younger kids, and they'll begin to process earlier. So that's our mobile church. And then our live stream. Come on, somebody ought to get excited about that. And you know what? I'm not going to have a perfect sermon every week. I'm not going to be perfect, but but maybe there's just one thing, right? There's There's just somebody who gets to watch and see what happens here that will change their life. So we're going to step out in faith and begin to live stream our service. And so for that, that's our second project. And our final project is our backyard. If you have not been around this campus, uh, it is an incredible campus that we own. And in our back space, which is a little bit underdeveloped, we are going to be building a backyard and it's going to be fenced in and it's going to have concrete and a grill and power and and lawn and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be a place where we can host outside events and outside things, and we're really excited about that. So let me give you some updates. Just since the last time I talked about it, which was just two weeks ago, right? I got some updates for you, and it's good news. When it comes to our mobile church, our budget was $4,000 for that. Do you know somebody stepped up and said, we will take care of the repairs, We're going to take care of it. So that sliced about $1,500 off what we estimated. We, we weren't sure, but we, that sliced off a lot of the pie. Right there to pay somebody to do it. We sliced off that, 
And so the, so the Lord's already moving in that direction. So now all we need to worry about is signage. All we need to worry about is getting a power generator so we can run power out of that and some chairs and some tables and stuff like that. Because with the truck, what we'll do in the summer is we will take our truck around the community and we'll set up the reading corner right there. We have popsicles and fans and books and snacks. And we can go anywhere we want in the city where the kids are and pop up. And so that's what that's about. So that's good news. And then when it comes to our live stream, our budget was 8000 that we were trying to raise. And somebody stepped up and paid for one of the items. These are all the items we need. A new camera, which is identical to the one we have. A laptop or a computer. An encoder, which sends the signal and, and receives signal. Monitors and cables and cords. So we already have that purchase done. Y'all see that? Already. Good news. So that's what we need left on that. We're getting close. Now, our goal is to do this by Easter weekend because we have Resurrection Weekend. That's our big weekend that we are launching to the local community, the people around us. So there'll be banners and signs and posters and cards. And we need to give a little sneak peek so people can, what, what I love the marketing and communications team says is we're building a window so you can peek in. And so our live stream is that window. So we want to launch that and have that ready for that weekend, which is just in about eight weeks. And then lastly, with our backyard, this was the biggest project that cost the most, but it is about $14,000. Now, here's the thing about this. What we did when we built this in was we actually built in the cost of labor. Because some things we got to get professionally done, right? And some of us got to save some of these brothers' backs out here, okay? The brother ain't going to make it with too many of these projects. <laughs> so a lot of the stuff we had to do professionally, but some of the things like some of this can get cut down as we serve. But that was our biggest uh, budget, so some of the concrete and things like that, unless someone is a professional and bonded. You know, some things we can get away with, some things we won't. But somebody has already stepped up to pay for the grill. And it'll be the same grill we use when we do our hot dogs and stuff because we normally rent that grill. And so we got a grill. So we're getting there. But here's the good news. You won't believe this. You ain't going to believe this. Some people know about this. So a little birdie told me, and I'm telling you, it didn't come to me direct. It came to me directly, but it wasn't from the direct person. Someone reached out and said, I will, or we will, I have no idea who it is. We will match $10,000. Y'all didn't hear what I said. I'm done. I ain't preaching no more. I'm going to start another church. Y'all tripping. I said, can I try it again? I said, somebody said, somebody reached out. I said, somebody called us and said, I'll give you 10 grand if you can raise 10 grand. We raised 10 grand. All the projects are done. Y'all didn't hear what I said. Y'all can sit down. 
So, <laughs> so if, if we match 10, they'll give 10. And everything we have for this year is paid for. It's amazing. God is so good. And so we, we try, we, just, look, we're just putting it out there. And I'm excited because I already know God will come through. Because you know what? God's done it before. He's done it so many times. He's come through. And so this is exciting because God is answering our prayers that we're asking. We're asking him. We're putting it out there with a vision that we can't even afford or imagine. And God is providing everything that we need. And so before I bring up our guest today to talk about what we already participate in, because I believe that generosity is part of our getting the flow, right? It's not just giving money, but what I want to talk to you about is where you give it from. Because what you give is not as important as where you give from. What you give is not as important as where you're giving from. Because our generosity is holistic. It's not just in finances. It's not just in that. It's in your presence. It's in your prayers. Because some of you know, ain't got no money, but you know how to pray. Some of you have no money, but you know people with money. Right? Or you know people with, with people that can give resources or time or whatever it is. And so... What I want to show you really quickly before we invite our guests is that we give from a place. Now, this is broad. I'm not just talking about finances. I'm talking about love. I'm talking about your time. I'm talking about what you give to people. You give it from a place. Now, depending on where it's coming from depends on what you can give. Let me show you what Jesus said. Jesus gathers his disciples. He's just getting ready to start his ministry. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 10 that Jesus rounds up his group of disciples. And the Bible says Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and heal every kind of disease and illness. Then it says Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans. But only go to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Now, before you think Jesus is being, Jesus is kind of being a little funny here, right? Jesus, you're not being very culturally competent here. Why why are you not saying go to the Gentiles and go to the Samaritans? Because it's not as important what you give, but where you give from. How many of you know that the hardest people to share your testimony or what you've been through is people that know you? No, I know you ain't trying to invite me to church, man. Come on now. You know what we was doing. Come on, man. No, no, no. Don't pull that Jesus stuff on me. Right? He said, no, no. I want you to go back to the people and go into the house and find the one. I want you to start with them. Then he says, Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. We preached about this, that that the church is not when you get here, but when you leave, right? The kingdom, the church is coming towards us. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out the demons, give as freely as you have received. 
He says, don't go take any money or money belts. Don't take your Apple Pay, right? Don't take any of that stuff. No gold, no silver, no coins. I want you to go with no money. And this don't sound pretty good, right? Wait a minute. You keep telling us to heal people with the coronavirus and all this kind of stuff? You want us to get close? And you don't want us to take no money? That's right. Don't take any money. Don't take any gold coins. Verse 10, don't carry a traveler's bag or a change of clothes or sandals or even a walking stick. Right? Don't bring your iPhone charger. Don't bring your, your backup pair of clothes. Don't do that. Don't hesitate, watch this, to accept hospitality. Jesus is under the assumption that wherever they go, someone is already there who's willing to give. He's saying, depend on the people that got the same spirit. I'm putting you in the hands of people who have what you need. I want you to trust me and trust and open your eyes to see that there are more people who are bought into the vision that you think. So don't hesitate to accept it. Don't get proud, right? Because it's really hard to be proud when you're hungry. It's really, it's, it's really like, um, I'm not going to stay at the Quality Inn. I'd rather stay at the Hampton Inn. I'm sorry. This, do you have an extra pillow? I really need a, a you know, back farming. They're like, look, you got a pillow? You got some bread? I'll take it because I haven't slept in days. Because those who deserve, uh, who work deserve to be fed. And it says, whenever you enter a city or a village, search for a worthy person, stay in his or her home until you leave town. When you enter the home, give it your blessing. Jesus says, when you go in, because someone has been freely giving to you, I want you to freely give to them. Give them your blessing. Then it says, if it turns out to be a worthy home, let your blessing stand. If it's not, take back the blessing. Now that's <laughs> Right? He's like, look, they don't want, if, look, if they don't want to hear it, that's fine. Take it back. Don't force anybody to receive what they don't want. Don't force anybody. Then it says, if any, of, any uh, household or town refuses to welcome you or listen to your message, shake the dust from your feet as you leave. In other words, whatever's in this town, I don't want none of it on me. Whatever culture and attitude is up in here, that's going to reject the gift in the kingdom of God, that's cool. I don't want that on me. Just say, thank you very much. We out. Don't take none of, not even the dust with you. So here's what I want you to see something. As you look at what Jesus says in verse 1, if Jesus says he calls them together, he gives them authority to cast out evil spirits and heal every kind of disease. Now, as I mentioned before, Jesus was starting out his ministry. These were the rookie disciples. These were the development league disciples. These were fresh from the NFL combine disciples. These were people that's probably still cuss. Y'all getting real quiet. Um, these weren't holy people yet. In other words, the disciples were unholy, unworthy, excuse me, of that kind of authority. Now, compare that to verse 8. Verse 8 says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. There it is. Jesus says, 
I'm going to give you authority over evil spirits. That's a pretty big deal. Anybody work with people that got evil spirits? <laughs> I mean, I'm not being funny because some people are dudes wrestle evil spirits. But I'm saying, like, that's a pretty strong gift. Like, racism, be healed. Hatred, be gone. Attitude, theft, spirit of murder, be gone. Like, the power of heaven is in your hands. And Jesus is like, yeah, I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you authority over the demons. And I'm going to give you the power to heal the sick. Now, do you think that the disciples were possessed with demons and healing out demons? Casting out demons? Okay. Do you think the disciples were busted and broken and had no, that Jesus was basically like, I'm going to ignore your issues and I'm just going to give you the power to help everybody else. Or do you think in the calling there was some healing and there was some restoration and there was some power? Okay. So Jesus is like, you're not worthy of this, but I'm going to give you everything that I have. All power. And then he says, when you go, I want you to give as freely as you received. In other words, I want you to give to people who aren't worthy of it. I don't want you to come up with a criteria of who's going to get your blessing. As freely as you have received, I want you to give there. That's why I say giving comes from a place. Giving freely. Give from a place of freedom. If you're not free, you can't give freedom. It's not the money It's the heart. When you experience what it feels like to be the one, you will do anything for the one. When you experience what it feels like to be on the other end of the blessing, then you're willing to give the blessing. When you have experienced total, complete freedom and forgiveness, you can then forgive others totally and freely. When you understand what you have been forgiven from, you are able to not keep a track record and an interview process on those who have hurt you. You are able to forgive those when you understand the depth of your own forgiveness. That's freedom. So the disciples had to say, realize we're not worthy of this, but we're going to cast out demons. Here's the deal. Judas got the same power. Y'all know who Judas is, right? Judas was the one who betrayed Jesus in the end, but Judas was healing people. Judas was casting out demons. So God's like, even though the dude might betray me one day, I'm still going to give him the power. And so we give from a place. And I'm excited because our church a couple weeks ago had a special young lady who came uh, to our church as a friend of a member of this church for a long time and she came and she talked about the journey of going back home to honor her mother and she didn't just talk about what she was doing she talked about where it was coming from if you remember and she'll probably recap the story that she was in incredible and deep immense pain over losing someone in her life that she greatly loved and honored and respected someone who had a legacy 
of helping other people. And so her desire to continue her mother's legacy was coming from a place where she said, out of love and out of honor, I want to carry in that legacy and I want to give as freely as I have been given this inheritance of goodwill and working for the common good. And so for the next few moments that we have left in our service, I want you to stand to your feet and I want you to welcome our sister Fatima. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Well, good afternoon. Welcome again. Thank you. You look lovely. Thank you. Smell very good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome back. Why don't you tell everybody, uh, maybe someone who wasn't here before, yeah. who, about what's happening yeah. with you. First of all, I am so happy to see you, Pat. And I'm going to do everything I can to, you know, can I give her a hug? Thank you. Um, I've known Pat forever. I've been living in the Tri-Cities for 24 years, and she has gone through everything with me. So I just want to get that out of the way. Thank you. So um, a few months ago, I stopped by here to talk about losing my mom, dealing with the grief, dealing um, the singing and the sermons, I, everything you guys are saying, I'm just, I'm like, are they talking about me? <laughs> I'm recognizing everything. So I dealt with it the hardest way. I didn't think I was going to, but I'm actually grateful I'm here today. And I remember when I spoke, somebody asked about people who are dealing with depression. And my, my late mom pretty much saved my life. Her legacy is what is keeping me here, to be honest with you. And I'm not going to go back to say, talk about my mom, some of you guys heard about it, but she was the picture perfect of motherhood and the most selfless human being, 500 people said those two at her funeral service. So I'm, I'm just very proud to be her daughter. Thank you guys for supporting me for that project to build a daycare center in her name. I think the best thing to do would probably be to go through the pictures because the project became reality. You guys were one of the donors. I mean, saying thank you will not be enough. But I want to mention one thing to this little boy, to anybody here. I've been to many churches and I go to the mosque in West Richland. You guys, all of you guys, the way you treated me, not only your financial support, but every single body that I ran into that day looked at me, gave me a hug, and said, hang in there. I mean, somebody even walked me to my car, and this little boy and all your young kids are the most polite kids ever. You know, when you're going through a hard time, anybody who just says hello, 
and say how you are doing means a lot. So I just want to thank you all. I appreciate it. So the daycare center happened. I went to my country on November 26th for five weeks. I was doing fundraising for a few months before I came to talk to you. So it was being built. If you can go ahead and just show all the pictures first, then I can play videos while I talk. You probably don't need a sound because they speak Bambara or French. You probably won't understand, but you can see images. So go ahead, just yeah, show pictures. I, th I think they're going to pull it up. I here. also have hard copies of pictures for you guys to go around and look at it. You know, it will be, this is for your church. If you have a bulletin board or somewhere to post it. Oh, oh man. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. My mom would have loved you. <laughs> she was a teacher for more than 45 years, and she had like from 75 to 90 kids in her classrooms. I think I talked to you about that for 40 some years. She was crazy. I mean, geez. In any event, thank you. So the classroom is done, and I have I thought I had 10 kids, but as of a couple of days ago, I have 12. Must, they must be working on something. Okay, anyways, you will see pictures and kids. I was there for five weeks, and I saw this building come up. My mom fed pretty much all the neighborhood kids. They loved her to death. She loved them to death. After she retired more than 25 years ago, she, the kids will bring the notebooks, the homework. She lectured every kid. You go to school. I always say this funny story where I speak about her death and education. Those two were guaranteed in my family. Thank God. Ten kids, all ten kids, I'm the oldest, four-year college degree and up. Everybody got a college degree and up. It was given. So very proud of being her daughter. Education is everything. So the daycare center is up running. The classroom is done. The next phase will be getting the playground area ready. And to thank New Movement Church, I have your name in the daycare center. I oh okay. Can you said I stand you have up? Our, our can name? I stand up? Yeah, quick? absolutely. Okay, I can talk about that. that's my little niece showing Washington State. A friend of mine made this quilt before I went to Mali in November, so I was teaching the kids where I live in Washington State. Uh, naturally, they all now know where Washington State is, where I live. So I was taking this picture. This is my niece in the middle and a couple of the neighborhood kids. This is inside of the daycare center. So I said, where does Auntie Fatima live? She just pointed the US flag. <laughs> so I like this picture, cute. You can just go ahead, just, yeah, this is the classroom, 10 tables and tw 20 little chairs. And this is during construction again. The blackboard will be mounted later the teacher's table. This is the playground area with drawings. I like this little book over there with big, two big O eyes, you know. I like this. That's the playground area. This is during construction. These guys worked hard before I got there because I just wanted to see something done but while I was there for five weeks. Next one, again, um, drawings on the, on the walls. This is one of my favorite pictures. These are the neighborhood kids. This is me wearing my, one of my mom's outfits. They came for little treats, which she did every weekend. So I love this picture. Anyways, go ahead. Um, this is when they mounted the blackboard there during construction. Oh, that was the Christmas party. 
We had the neighborhood kids come. We involved kind of the daycare center that day. They helped me um, decorate the class. And all those kids came. We had candies, we had cookies, a bunch of sugary stuff. <laughs> uh, next word. Uh, there goes, uh, these are my little buddies. Everybody was learning to say cheese. You can see that little one over there in black and white uh, outfit on the left. He loves saying cheese. Anyways, next one. Yeah, there goes. Right after the Christmas party, the lady on the right is the teacher I hired. And then on the extreme left over there, that's my sister, one of my sisters. And these kids had Christmas party. There goes the cheese sayer over there, right there. I love this little boy. He has too so, much energy. So that's Dora and Tom and Jerry. Yes, we put all this stuff. Because they watch, you know, kids are the same in everywhere. They don't care. They would watch the same thing as long as it's Dora and Tom and Jerry. <laughs> Next one. And that's my knees. I had the Santa little plastic thing that I blew for them. Everybody has got one. <laughs> okay, so the reason I have peace and people embracing all cultures equally and that on the board, because Mali, in the northern part of Mali, we have instabilities there. We have rebellions here and there. They will be blowing up, you know, uh, little grenades or shoot-ups between the Mali army and the Northern Rebellion. So I want the kids to, the theme will be, you know, peace, because they hear about it. I want them to, to, to be nurtured, to be peacemakers and stuff. So this is on top of the board. They see it every day. Next one. Is that the last one? And we can try the videos then. Just, oh, there it goes. Yes, yes, yes. Can I have some clapping going on? <laughs> So your name is on the board there, and my sister is going to talk to the teacher. They will stand by this, and the kids will have a picture, and I'll give you the hard copies for that. I forgot to get that done if you look at the pictures. So I talked to all the kids for, about all the donors, and you are one of them, and this will be an ongoing relationship. They, there is a video of them saying thank you. Hopefully we can play one of those. Yes. We can just get to the videos if you don't mind. Yeah. And then they can play some of the videos. But they understand. Kids just want love and uh, compassion for them, giving them confidence. Just nobody gets born evil. I mean, society and we teach them all the wrong things, to be honest with you. So they're innocent. We just have to support. And my mom. Oh, this is during the construction of the wall, like just walls and, you know, <laughs> the cement on the floor, very interesting. Yes, the brick walls and stuff. Yes. Okay, let's go to the next video real quick. There's some good stuff that I want to show you. You can go to the next one, please. Yeah. If you can play the next video, and then we can just go. In any event, um, the 12 kids are there now. I'll get to 15 kids, and we will stop for that. And they're actually preparing to celebrate. Is that Easter? No, not Easter. St. Patrick's Day is coming up. So they are getting ready, and they will have different themes for kids every month. 
and the teacher and my sister there. Yeah. You can go back to videos and there are a few of the videos that I want you to see. They're all short videos, but I want you to see the main one of them coloring books, apparently giving hard time to the new to the teacher. I actually was supposed to teach there, fortunately done while I was there because I had to come back. But to see the project come true, again, everything you guys have said so far tonight, I'm just like, I'm, they're talking about me, serving and giving. I'm a Rotarian, the motto for Rotary International, if anybody knows anything about Rotary, it's serving. Yes. They're saying thank you. <laughs> and Mali is a French, thank you. Mali is a former French colony, so we speak French and native language, but they now know how to say thank you. They will be learning little English here and there. I can take questions, or if you want to see again, I have like more than 500 pictures and videos. I'm yeah, not going to take too much of your time. So, well, I just wanted yes, to ask you one question. Yeah, you can keep playing videos while I answer. Okay. Just don't put sound in it, please. I just wanted to ask you one question, because I think um, when, when you came and you presented the opportunity to partner with you in building the school yeah. and people gave, I don't think sometimes we see the connection of the impact, you know, and maybe we just, we give and then we don't realize how something like this impacts a community or, um, or people. So what would you say that the impact has been when you, cause, cause your dream was to build this and you raised it and then it's built. How, how have you seen an impact just in that community with those kids? First of all, those kids coming every day asking for grandma, my mom. So mm. obviously they're young, they don't understand that she's not coming back. They come, but we didn't change anything. The little treats that they were getting every weekend, we continue. We just say, this is grandma's treat stuff. So the family members coming, I have to tell you guys. Hmm. Uh, when I went, seeing those family members, the kids' parents coming to me and say, you still want to do, you still want to help our kids like your mom did? The families that were, you know, I'm blessed. I'm upper level middle class in my country. So just saying that we are continuing what my mom started. They are so grateful. You guys have no idea, honestly. You can imagine. I know because I saw them. They thanked me. They thank you guys for making this happen. You know, there is no, I mean, what else can I say? They're very grateful. And these kids will be generations to come. And I can just say thank you. I'm so sorry. But they appreciate it. That's all I can say. Look at them. Yeah. So what you told me was, um, what you told me was that there's more things to be done. Yeah. And um, you're not asking for us. But um, we can, as a church and as individuals, continue to give to this and continue to see uh, the, the school grow and be built. And uh, so it's my dream, and I think I can speak for the church, that we would like to continue that. We would like to continue that relationship and see these kids. And I, I will say this on campus. Is this being recorded? Yeah. One day, I want to be there. 
I want to be there. I, y'all want to be there? I want to walk. I want to walk. I want to put my feet on the ground of that school. And, and uh, I friends who have gone to Mali, part have she's seen my family's house. First of all, you would not stay at a hotel. My mom would have killed me. Westside Church in Richland, it's a church that does projects in Mali. They go, every time they go, they stay at my mom's. The day before they leave, she cooked for them. They stayed, and they know. She will not let anybody related to me or connected to me stay at a hotel. She cook for you, but you will not have that problem if you ever come, any of you. And that little boy will just blend in and just, I love him. He would just connect with the other kids. Anyways, my family has always been an inviting family. They call my mom's living room the, the Traveré Community Center. She would feed, any, feed anybody, invite anybody. When I was there, I'm not, my, I'm not my mother, but I felt like I was becoming her slowly. I was there. People came every day. We, nothing changed in my family except today, by the way, I'm not crying because I'm sad. Like I was when I came, I spoke a few months ago. I honestly was not in a good place. Today I'm, I'm smart, uh, crying because I'm happy yeah. and grateful. I am. I am. I am. And I thank you guys. Um, and I'm still getting help because you know how depression creeps up on you. Your mind plays tricks on you. Believe me. I'm not out of the woodwork like all, all together, or oh, look at those faces. I mean, who can look at these and not be happy? Innocence, you know. In any event, I'm doing better, and I will continue. My mom's legacy saved my life, and I will continue. And I thank you guys very so. I mean, what can I say? Thank you. Thank you. Well, I want I want to thank you for coming, and um, as you mentioned, that you are part of the uh, Islamic Center in yeah. West Richland, yeah. and uh, can't wait to meet your imam. I haven't met him yet. Yes, we are trying to do, we do some interfaith meetings. Interfaith meetings. And I used to be the, in the social committee, but obviously for the past few, a year and a few months, I was not well enough to participate. But you know, we have done interfaith. My principle in life is, Everybody, if you want to do good, whether you are from here, Muslim, Jewish, whatever, it's very simple. Just like you said, make a difference in one person's life. Honestly, it feels good to know that you did something good. Period. Very simple. So, so out of respect of your tradition, like last time, I just want to give a blessing to you and for you. And I'll hold, just hold your hand. That's all I'm reaching okay. for. And let's just say a blessing. We just pray a blessing uh, from our God that you would bless these children, that you would bless Fatima, and all the work that we can do together to reach every single one. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Let's thank her for coming, and uh, we praise God for the opportunity to be a part of this great work.